Hey everybody, happy Friday. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Virginia and uh, we were like 80 degrees yesterday, which was pretty awesome and uh, got me to have a little bit of spring fever. Uh, but today we're cold again and I'm going to do things a little bit different. I have actually got Oh, goodness. 20-some pages of stuff printed out of some stuff that I've been writing over the last couple of weeks. And uh, so I'm going to do things a little bit different. If you listen to this podcast, I've only posted five or six. Obviously, this is a new endeavor. But thus far, it's just basically been me with this recorder driving down the road to and from work, out and about in my truck. And uh, really no format, no real preconceived order of something. Um, Loosely speaking, it's just kind of my thoughts as they come, of course. But this is a little more structured. Uh, Definitely topically speaking, it's it's more, more elaborate than obviously just me talking. It's got a lot of scriptures in it I'm going to read. And uh, it's going to have to be broken up into several parts for sure. Um which I'm fine with. I'm just going to have to decide at what point to kind of stop and break it up um, into more bite-sized chunks, if you will. I was trying to remember right before I decided I was going to record this this morning where exactly this thought pattern started. Um, And I started really thinking along the lines of just the... The order of the universe, I mean, <laughs> how's that for a, a simple inception of an idea? Um, <laughs> how does the universe work? How does the world operate? I've always been captivated, well, not always, but, you know, for the last 10, 12 years, I've been... You know, everybody's got something. When, when you're regenerated, when you become a spiritual man, when you move from death to life, and when you are moving into a conformed into the image of Christ life, sanctification, walking, renewing your mind, all the things that scripturally define a spiritual man. There's so much more to life, y'all, than like, just being saved. That is such a distant memory. When I think about what is the normal um, approach to biblical salvation and what I was raised up believing it was and what I, for most of my life, attempted for it to be for me, I look at that now as just so limited and, and so just surface level, if it's anything at all. I mean, I'm I would be very hesitant to say that my present or my former way of approaching salvation, I'm not sure it really even was truly biblically defined salvation. Because really the majority of Christians today, so-called evangelical Americans, have really defined their Christianity by an experience In a moment. If you ask anybody, especially here um, in southwestern Virginia, 
You have a lot of, you know, small town, rural church, born and raised. Um, I experienced the same thing through my years living in um, Georgia, where Christianity is kind of, it's inherent. You are born into a family who had maybe godly, somewhat, well, I, w- I would say more moral than godly, but approached as godly, defined as godly in the cultural sense, but more so just morality, right? I mean, maybe your grandfather read the Bible, your dad was maybe a Sunday school teacher or a deacon, and you were born into a reality. You were born into a somewhat of a culture that had some Christian flavor to it, some some Bible verse connections. But really, those were more inherent things. Those were a lot of intellectual approaches to Christianity and salvation and regeneration and So I guess my question, first of all, out of the gate is, do we really, really know that we were moved from death to life? And again, the Ezekiel reality that like, did we do more than give our heart to Jesus? Like, invite him into our heart? If we did that, and that is the basis for our salvation, do we even have any clue what we did? Or are we so far removed from that it has no relevancy, it has no potency, it has no transforming capabilities? But yet somehow in our mind we find peace and relief in a fact that I made a decision when I was 12 to somehow, and I'm doing air quotes here for a lot of this, give my heart... To Jesus. Invite Jesus into my heart. What are we even talking about? Did anyone ever show you? Did anyone show me a scripture that said I'm supposed to ask Jesus into my heart? What does that even mean? Yet, ironically, that is still the the promoted means of receiving Jesus. That's what people tell their children. That's the goal of a godly home is to just get your kids to invite Jesus in and we have a party and we celebrate and we dunk them in some water maybe and we get their name in a bulletin and everyone is so excited because the goal was attained. No, 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 no. Now I realize I'm standing here in my living room I'm looking over this beautiful hills, this awesome valley. I have a a view that when we moved here, I couldn't believe it. I just want to sit here all the time. And I'm standing here pacing around and I'm looking out over this beautiful view and I'm, and I'm just, I'm honestly, I just believe that people have got to hear this message. I'm convinced even though I'm looking out at nothing I'm seeing my calves walk around. I'm seeing some hawks fly over. I'm seeing a car every 20 minutes, and that's about it. 
I don't know if I'll ever have an opportunity to tell anyone this great message beyond just the lives that overlap with mine. But this has got to be something stirred in us of stepping back and examining the condition of the church in our age and say, what are we doing? If we call ourselves Christian, which means and insinuates that we are in fact living as Christ's men, can we really say that from a right and true place of clarity of conscience? and believe that's true? Do we even know what we're saying? I don't even like being called a Christian because to most people that hear me say that out of my mouth, I am immediately categorized as something I am not. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus, but I'm ashamed of the name and the brand of Christian. I am ashamed of that. Because it doesn't mean anymore what it was intended to mean. What it was intended to be. We have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that posting stuff on Facebook that has a Bible verse that condemns everybody and how wrong they are is not being a Christian. Even if it's about abortion people, I want to be so careful because I know God has given me boundaries about what to talk about right now. And I, I am not going to rail about the abortion issue because I don't feel I have liberty to do that. But what I will say is that everyone pretends to be so angry and so full of the justice of God. But let me just insert this question into your patterns of thought. Who rules and reigns and decides what happens in this nation. If this nation is so vile, it's so murderous, it's so against the ways of God, how in the world do you think it became this way? It became this way because of all of us. It didn't become this way because of the Democratic Party people. It didn't become this way because of the enemies of God. It became this way because the Christian church is almost dead. She's on life support and has no voice because she has surrendered her voice. She has given up her authority on the earth, especially here in the United States. She has no authority, she demands authority. She wants to get authority. She speaks as if she has it. The Christian majority, the evangelical majority, speak as if they have authority. But yet they have none. If they did, they would see something change in this nation. And I'm telling you, as clear as a bell, we are trying to godly, we're trying to make holy a nation and kingdom of men. We're trying to make, we're trying to Christianize something that never was, never will be, and cannot be today. It's an error, people. This is not God's chosen nation. And we're, we're faking it. And that's not my Christianity. That's not the Christianity of the Bible trying to make 
the kingdoms of men godly and righteous. It's trying to make Jesus the natural king of a worldly kingdom. It's pharisaical. It is exactly what the people wanted natural man Jesus to be. They didn't want him to be a supernatural, eternal, lording over the entire universe as a spirit-led man king. They wanted a natural king. They wanted him to come and set up a kingdom upon the earth. That they could come under and get all the awesome benefits from because they are in him. We will serve you, Jesus, as you set up your awesome kingdom on this earth. And then we get all the perks because we're your people and they're not. And anyone who isn't, let's say this, people, build a wall and keep them out. Yes, I said that. We have got to see that this is the same thing. It's arrogance and it's pride and it's using the kingdom of God in a perverted fashion that should not be tolerated anymore. All geared around what we get out of it. Stop saying it's for God's purposes. Let's stop saying it's all about the aborted children. It's about us getting our way. It's about trying to make Jesus seated upon a natural national kingdom that he does not want. Because you know what? He's seated upon every principality and power and king and kingdom, seen and unseen already. So to my point... I'm going to close that chapter on that because I'm obviously getting a little bit stirred. And if it offends you, if it does, all I'm asking is can you stop and ask the question why? Why does that get under my skin, Joel? More importantly, should you consider yourself in the eternal unseen kingdom of God, not made by human hands, not established in the governments of men, could you go to the king of the kingdoms of the world and unseen and everything that is all the way out to the furthest most point of space, if there even is a boundary, and you ask that king, why does this offend me? What is it I am so tied up in, in this kingdom and pattern of the world, that that would offend me? Are we trying to cram God into the confines of a natural kingdom? Jesus doesn't want to sit as president of the United States. What a limited view we have had of the kingdom of God on the earth. It's shameful. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing in culture. But even more so, what does this say to the principalities and powers of this earth? We are a laughing stock because we are so divided. 
We hate our brother just like the scriptures said we would. Are you a Republican? Oh, man. Right-wing conservative whatever. Are you a Democrat? Oh, man, you murderous, give to the poor. All... We're so divided. We are fulfilling the foretelling of the scriptures, church. We are doing it. Oh, but shame on the world. Shame on this and on this and on that. May we look in the mirror. What does the Bible say about slander? What does it say about gossip? What does it say about rumors against a brother? What does it say about living with your eyes set on things above and not fascinated and captivated on every stinking thing that happens in the governments of men? We have to step back and ask these questions. We have got to step back and ask ourselves, what are we doing? What are we doing and calling it Christian? Or is it just social justice? Is it just righting all the wrongs in the world? Tell me what's different than what any other worldly group does along those lines. Other than we, the church, make it, we put God in there. Oh, we're, we're here speaking on behalf of God, so therefore you have to listen. This is what God says. That's the only difference, is our proposed position. Well, this is God speaking. This isn't me, brother. This isn't me, Senator. This is God, and I am here to tell you. Really? Seriously. And so I can already tell I'm not even going to get into the beginning of this thing. We'll call this the introduction. The introduction to what? The name of this that I titled it is, What is Man? Reclaiming the original purpose of humanity on the earth. And although the last 20 minutes was not anything I intended, that leads us to this question. What is man? I'm not going to propose some new idea of thought. I'm not going to try to usher in something that I came up with or discovered. This is the most ancient thing we can get to. This goes back beyond the origin of the church. This is way before the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon an upper room full of people gathered waiting for the promise. This goes back 
all the way back to what is arguably the beginning of the human race. It is the beginning of the human race that we know of. We're told our father was Adam. All the way back to the beginning of the account and record of the creation of all things. So what is man? Reclaiming the original purpose of humanity on the earth. Are we in our ignorance and neglect giving the enemy unjust dominion and rulership of and influence into our lives? I'm not going to try to establish some doctrinal position of what this present age in its fullness, what we're now subject to, but rather elevate our approach in light of what we do now know of walking in dominion on the earth in our age. I want to be careful with the way that I present this thought, present this pattern and approach to our purposes on the earth, I'm not saying in any way that our purpose is not to glorify God and to reveal the manifested sons of God, the mature sons on the earth that all of creation is groaning for. Our purpose, our existence is to demonstrate the glory of God. Yes. But what I am asking is how, according to God's order and original intent, the intent He had when He formed Adam out of the dirt of the ground what is supposed to be done what is supposed to be done now to reclaim the original intent of the heart of God in creating man so we have to ask Now, this is a deep question, and some of y'all who might listen to this might be good, deep thinkers, might be good studiers of the Scripture, might have already uncovered some of these things. If so, share them with me. Help me. Teach me. Because this is a difficult question to ask. What, by law, According to the present condition of the fallen earth, are those in the last Adam lineage presently subject to, according to the authority given to the powers of the air? Now that, my friends, is a mouthful. What by law, according to the present condition of the fallen earth? When man fell... When Eve was deceived and ate of the fruit of the tree, and Adam joined into the rebellion, and also ate and broke the command of God and became a fallen creature, a law was instated. You must get out of my presence, is what God ultimately said, paraphrased. You must leave here. You must leave the garden of God and be banished. And as we referenced the other day, flaming swords in the hands of cherubim will be be positioned at the gates. You will not return here. You have broken my laws. 
You are now outside of the covenantal reality of intimacy with me, your creator. You believe the lie and try to exalt yourself above me by believing the deceiver serpent who did the same eons before. If anything, you are, we could say, I believe it would not be too much of a stretch, but you are now the the offspring, if you will, by decision, by rebellion of the father of lies. Because you believed a lie. And he, the serpent deceiver, Lucifer, the fallen one, all lies originate in him. They are his offspring, and you have chosen to join into that reality, so now you cannot dwell in my perfect presence because there's no falsehood in me. So I'm asking, according to God's order in that reality, but also knowing his original intent, what am I subject to now with an identity transferred into the last Adam lineage, what am I under? What subjection, what authority and dominion am I presently under as a man of flesh and bone in a earthly dwelling? I live, breathe, walk, talk, eat, sleep upon the cursed fallen earth But I willingly chose to be removed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Transferred is what the scripture talks about. I have been displaced. I have been taken from a kingdom that was death and lifted up. And as you would move a chess piece, I have been set back down in a new kingdom, in a different position. And can we not say there are different laws, orders, governments within this kingdom transfer? So I've been asking myself, what authority am I under? And we know, as I'll get to in this, of course, in great detail coming up in episodes to come, we know that the keys were handed over to the fallen one, to the serpent, liar, deceiver, Satan. We know that. And we're going to get to that. And that, my friends, is going to change whoever will give himself to listening to that truth in light of how I believe I'm going to present it. And so I'm going to end this here. And we're going to call it the introduction. And I'm just, I'm not going to beg you, but I'm going to just, I'm going to ask with as much passion as I can muster to give yourself to listen to what I'm going to say. Because I believe for whoever gets this, myself included, whoever gets this truth could be changed. I'm not talking about you'll be encouraged. I'm not talking about you'll be excited. I'm not presenting an idea that's going to stir us for a day, a week, a month. And all of a sudden it fades away like so many spiritual truths do. I'm presenting an idea that I believe should we give ourselves to ingesting it to become part of us can and will and does possess the possibility of literally changing 
our approach to absolutely everything we put our hands to. How we parent, how we love our wives, how we honor one another, how we pray, how we have victory over sin, how we shake off the patterns of the old man that's rooted and established in the first Adam fall. I literally, literally to my core believe it could change us and move us into rightly grabbing and attaining something we have not yet known in our ignorance. And I feel stirred to present this for those of you who might be listening and say, oh boy, okay, we filter what we hear through old patterns of thought. And I just want to address this in case there's anyone listening that this is triggered for. What I am not going to present and what this will not be is some personally advantageous keys to the kingdom to elevate and attain things that we want. This is not trying to... (laughs) This isn't some attempt to disarm the enemy so that we can just walk like in the clouds casually strutting through the heavens above every principality and power and looking down at them actually like in some jovial way of saying, you can't touch me. You can't get to me. Don't you know I'm God's child? And then we sing some gospel song that makes us all excited and jump around because they can't get to me anymore. I am not in any way promoting the doctrine of spiritual immunity. I am not going to promote the idea that if I do this, do that, say this, say that, I will walk in a place where no principality, power, demon can even look at me. I'm not going to say that. Because I know Scripture tells me that the enemy goes to the kingdom and throne and All the things were shown in Revelation. He approaches, I believe, groveling on his knees as he did with Job, asking for permission. We have to face the reality, the scriptural reality, that God says yes. We have to embrace that. We have to hold that tension, people. Because if we're not, it's a real slippery slope that can become real deceitful. And we can then, I'm not going to promote an idea that if we get this truth, you're never going to have a cold again. Or you're never going to be broke again. Or all these crazy scenarios that people really do say. No. We cannot do that and cling to the scriptures. We'd have to throw Job out of our Bibles. Because we're told and we are told specifically, specifically that God allowed that for a great good. So if you hear this and you automatically start thinking of some kingdom now teachings of like, you're not subject to anything, brother. You're free in Jesus. No, sir. I'm not saying that. I want to go way down below these trivial surface level things that have been promoted as truth. 
I think there's way more down here for us to unearth. So I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to end this now. And I'm probably, if I feel like my voice is going to make it for another however many time to record all these episodes, I'm going to move right into the beginning of this message. What is man? Reclaiming the original purpose of humanity on the earth.